It's time for another edition of the Section 113 Podcast. Thanks so much for being here with us. I'm Travis Demers. We're going to talk to Justice Winslow here in a couple of minutes, but uh, first I wanted to kind of look back at the game against Oklahoma City the other night and what I got to see with my own eyes and Damian Lillard setting the franchise record. I mean, you think about what that means. Damian Lillard is the greatest scorer in the history of the Portland Trailblazers. 53 years. Nobody has scored more points than Dame. And if you look at Dame and Clyde Drexler, 18,000-plus points each, you've got to go down to 12,500 and change to get to number three. There was a big, big gap where LaMarcus Aldridge is at number three, and obviously he didn't spend as much time in Portland as Dame did. So Michael and I were talking about this in the broadcast the other night, Michael Holton, and maybe someday someone will break Dame's record. But it's going to be a long, long, long time before that day happens. And Damian Lillard is going to be the greatest scorer in franchise history for a long time. And there, there is nothing that you can do to take that away from him. He has been incredible to watch. You know, it's my fifth year calling games for the Trailblazers, and I've gotten to see so many amazing moments from him. And my previous time working in radio in Portland, I've been at almost every single home game he has ever played in. So I've seen a lot of those big moments, and I've watched just about every single big moment on TV prior to the last five years that was on the road. So I've witnessed a lot of it. And you look around the league, and Dame is one of three active players that are their franchise leaders and points scored. Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Damian Lillard. That's incredible company with active players. And then you just look around the league at some of the retired players that you know have had those records for other teams. The unfortunate thing in all of that is the Blazers lost the game on Monday night. And it was disappointing. Uh, back and forth, a lot of opportunities to win the game. And it didn't work out in their favor. Shea Gildas-Alexander, who was out as of you know 1 o'clock in the afternoon, ends up playing in the game, scoring 35 points after a very slow start, 2 for 10 in the first half, comes up with a big play at the end of the game, and the Thunder go on and win it. you got to get right back at it and, and play them again on Wednesday. I'm sure the Blazers are itching to get back out there on the floor. But it was a, a, disappa- a disappointing way to, to see that go down. And then in the locker room afterwards, when Dame gets presented with the belt, the look on his face, it's the biggest individual achievement that he will have as a basketball player during his playing days, right? The the 75th anniversary team is, is one thing. But as a player, I'm not talking about when he is in the Hall of Fame someday. I'm talking about as a player, individual, not team, individual achievements. What he just did is going to be the most important individual achievement that he's ever going to have. And that's even if he goes on to win an MVP or multiple MVPs or whatever it might be. Nothing is going to be more important than breaking the franchise all-time scoring record. But to see the look on his face, he wanted to win that game or they wanted that record that night. And I know he wanted the record. He had his family in town. He had former coaches, former teammates, friends, all kinds of folks that came to Oklahoma City just to see that. But he wanted to win the game. And that's one of the things about Dame that he wants to win no matter what. But you can't take the shine off the fact that he's the greatest scorer in franchise history. Joining me now on the Section 113 podcast is Justice Winslow. Usually when I introduce somebody, I'll say Blazers guard or Blazers forward. You've, you've played every position this year, man. And, and for you, no matter what's asked of you, play point guard, play center, come off the bench, start, whatever it is, you do it and you work your rear end off. What's that been like for you to to just try and fit whatever is needed at that day at that time? Uh, truthfully, it's just been a lot of fun. Uh, the coaches are asking um, a lot of different things on me on a, on a nightly basis, but uh, I'm just trying to go out there and play hard and 
uh, do it to the best of my abilities and just have an impact on the game. You know, you've had to have different teammates around you. Dame's missed time, Ant's missed time, Nurk's missed time. Um, it's almost like you don't know who's going to be on the floor with you when. And, and one of the things the coach keeps talking about with this team is the connectivity. And it seems that regardless of who's healthy, that connectivity seems to come through. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's just our enjoyment playing with each other, no matter who's out there, um, and also our enjoyment with each other off the court. Um, it's a group that you know likes being around each other. So um, guys in and out the lineup, uh, we believe in the next guy to step up and, and to handle business. So um, I think just our connection um, off the court you know, kind of helps translate when guys miss time or um, things aren't going, we face adversity. I think just our, our bond is what gets us through. I've been around the Blazers for 20 years, and my first season was the year that Rasheed Wallace got traded away coming off that long stretch of playoffs. And there have been some down times. There have been some really good times and everything in between. When you got here, it was like the peak of turmoil with nobody having any idea what the future of this franchise was going to look like. So from that point to now and seeing things more stable, what's it been like being a part of that process? Um it's been interesting. I think um, we all kind of knew what was going on last year, and, and no one likes to lose, but um, it was just kind of the reality of things, just the way injuries and, and the trades kind of shook the team. Um, and then just on the, the turnover in the front office as well, it was just an interesting year. But um, you just got to continue to be a professional, and, and it's hard at, at times. But I think everyone was able to see the bigger picture and um, kind of believed in the vision of the front office and of Chauncey. And um, I think when, when you have that, that vision and guys can, can see it through, um, it really, you know, beautiful things can happen. I think we're seeing that now. You know, we're facing a little adversity and with the injuries, but um, I think everyone's kind of sticking it through, and, um, you know, I like where we're at. For you personally, man, you come out of high school and you're Texas Mr. Basketball. You go to Duke one year, win a national championship. You're a lottery pick, and you go to Miami, and there are all these expectations. And you had a uh, an injury-plagued second year, come back, had some success, and then get traded away. Then you get traded again. Then you get traded again. There's been some injuries in there, and it – Rip City seems to love everything that you're about, and we hope that you found a home here. But what is it like for you to have a place where you feel some stability personally? Uh, it's great, you know, um, just having success early on and bound through the injuries, like you said. Um, it was tough, but um, just sticking with it, um, being a professional, staying positive, I think those things really um, helped me get here today. But um, the city's really embraced me, the, the team, the organization's really embraced me. and. Uh, that's comforting. That, that that builds confidence and trust, and um, it helps you go out there and do your job just a, a little bit better on a nightly basis. So I'm just thankful for for all those things. Last night, Dame sets the franchise record. Um, he's got his whole family there. It's great to be a part of that. Down the stretch, uh, it it just seemed like everybody was trying in a, a different way. Maybe you're pressing, maybe I'm reading that wrong, but trying to win that game, not to spoil Dame's night. Did that take anything away of execution down the stretch, or was that just a game that didn't go your way? Um, I think it was just a game that didn't go our way. Um, I think by the time he got the the record, there was a lot of relief. Um, you know, obviously, God's extremely happy. is a um, crazy honor. Um, a lot of hard work and dedication, and all the praise goes to Dame. Um, but I think once once he got that, I think it was in the third quarter, um, I think guys were able just to settle in um, and kind of that monkey was off our back and we kind of just got to exhale. So I don't think that really played an effect on, on the outcome of the game. Um, it it kind of 
laid above our heads, you know, the first three quarters, but we figured he would get it. But it's just, you know, those are huge milestones. And, um, you know, of course, we feel like, you know, we let him down and, and, and we could have done better and won the game. But um, just for him individually, it's an incredible milestone. As a team in the NBA, 82 games, you're going to have highs and lows. It's just how it is. But the stretch that you went on to start the season and then going eight and ten or eight and uh, two and eight over the next ten. And now you found a bit of a winning streak and it's been more with offense than defense like we saw early. What has the offense done differently over the last few weeks? Just make shots. I mean, I think we're getting the same looks that we were getting in the beginning of the season. Um, But we're, we're just you know, guys are in rhythm, guys are getting comfortable playing with each other. So I think you're seeing some of that chemistry and connectivity just uh, come out on the court. Defensively, it's been kind of the opposite of that. You were a top five defense for a while, then a top 10. And it, it's kind of is, you know, at least the numbers have slipped the other way. I mean, you can put all kinds of analytics that's way over my head. But what have you seen defensively that you need to get back to like we saw early? Um, it's just a communication and, and effort. And like I said, the connection, um, just everybody being on the same accord and um, guys working on the string defensively, um, you know, transition defense and offensive rebounding. Um, you know, those have been kind of our um, two two worst things up to this point in the season. But um, it's a lot of room for improvement. So I think that's good. Um, if we didn't have anything to improve on, that wouldn't be good. So um, as long as we have something to improve on, I think uh, that, that bodes well for this club. You know, at, at home, post games, you know, we're out, I don't know how long we're out there, 45 minutes or so, or so doing the, the post game. And a lot of times we see you out there taking threes, either with a coach, sometimes by yourself. Why is post game a good time for you to do that and to work on that? Um, I don't want to do too much, you know, before the game. I want to save my legs. But um, we also play half our games there, and it's kind of a, a building that I'm unfamiliar with. You know, I spent a lot of the, beginning of my career in the in the Eastern Conference and then in the West. Um, but just trying to get familiar with, with the court and um, the layout because it's, it's really all different. All the courts are different. The arenas are different. But um, just trying to build that familiarity, but then also just, just putting the work in. Um, and I just I just like doing it post-game because, you know, the game's over. You know you're not going to – your legs aren't going to really be needed anymore that night. Um, and, and I enjoy it. It's fun. My, my family's usually there afterwards. And uh, just trying to set a, a good example for my son as well. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because I see your son around a lot. How old is he? He is just over 13 months, so just over a year, yeah. yeah I have a two-year-old and four-year-old boy, so, so I know that. And, you know, being on the road, especially this time of year, it's tough, man. I FaceTime my kids, but I'm not there to, like, put the ornaments on the train and stuff like that. How do you handle that, that family stuff knowing that man, you're, you're far away, but daddy's coming home eventually? Uh, it's tough. It's definitely tough. It's an emotional thing, um, but it's part of the business. Um, you know, if there's one thing I would complain about, it would probably be that. But um, I just take it in stride and just try to be present, you know, in everything I do in life and um, just continue to be there for them emotionally when I can't be there physically. Um, but but it's definitely one of the tougher parts about the business. Yeah, for sure. Um, on the floor, you don't show a ton of emotion. Mm-hmm. Whether you guys are up by 20, down by 20, you feel like you got fouled, you feel like a foul shouldn't have been called on you, you're not the guy who's out there you know, getting the referee's face or getting on teammates, things like that. You're you're pretty stoic the same way throughout. Why is that? Is that just your personality? Because what I hear from everybody else that I don't get to see is that you've got one hell of a personality and you're a fun dude. We don't quite see that on the floor. Yeah, I think uh, when I was younger, I had really bad temper tantrums. And it was something that, um, you know, with school and in sports that I kind of had to nip in the bud. So um, I was kind of looking for people growing up. Um, to kind of mimic or use as role models in that regard. And I think 
Derrick Rose and Kawhi were kind of those guys for me growing up. Um, guys that just handled their business. Um, they're top tier guys, guys that, you know, love defense, play defense, but just the way they carried themselves on the court, you never really knew how they were playing because, you know, they, they were kind of had that stoic vibe. So um, that's just something I try to emulate. Um, and, you know, that's pretty much how I got here, just having a bad attitude and <laughs> the tempers growing up. You know, I, you come into the league young, one year of college. You look around, some of your teammates are 19 years old, things like that. But, like, you go from one year of college – and you still have class and things like that, and then all of a sudden you're in the NBA. Did you did you have a moment, whether it was somebody you were defending or an arena that you were in, where you're like, "Wow, I'm I'm in the NBA right now." Um, I mean, it started in training camp. I had a hell of a, a team in Miami my rookie year with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Mario um, Stoudemire, um, Josh McRoberts, Birdman, Mario Chalmers, Goran Dragic, Luol Deng. Um, so was, that was kind of it for me. Um, and then our, our first couple games of the season, we opened up against Charlotte at home. And then it was the Rockets with James Harden. It was LeBron in Cleveland. It was DeMar DeRozan in Toronto. So it kind of came at me pretty fast. And I was thrown into the fire, uh, luckily, pretty early. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely those that kind of just first two months of the season. But, honestly, it was it was even more so in – in practice, just guarding D-Wade and guarding Luol Deng, these older guys just taking advantage of my youth with shot fakes, pass fakes, and, you know, just mentally just the game was so s- slowed down for them um, that they kind of just, I don't want to say they they killed me in practice, but, you know, they kind of did. They, they took advantage of it, and, you know, that was kind of my, oh, welcome to the league moment. Do you now as a veteran, I mean, you're, you're a veteran now, and, and you the way you carry yourself is very veteran-like. I don't know if that even makes sense, but you've got young guys around you that are probably looking up. They're like, man, I saw that guy with a national title at Duke, and you know, the other guys around the team. Like, Do you have that mentor um, attitude towards some of those young guys, or is that something they've got to come to you for? Um, no, for sure. I, I try to lead those guys you know, the best way I can. Um, it's still kind of surreal being this 26-year-old, eight-year in the league, um, you know, veteran, you could say, but um everything I do in life I just I I try to you know pass it along and I think that's what life's about so um when I'm around the guys it's it's not me trying to be the big brother or the vet or anything like that it's just it's just me trying to be a a good guy trying to be um a brother that believes in them and and wants the best from them and part of that is sharing my knowledge and my wisdom um with them so um I'm very selfless when it comes to that regard um and, and I want nothing for the best for them uh, I want them to, you know, do better than I did and, and not make the mistakes I did. So um, that's just part of life, and, and, and that's just, you know, how I help try to help these young guys um, become better pros. Last thing, tomorrow night playing Oklahoma City again. You just saw them last night, obviously. A high-scoring game, a ton of shots are being made. Um, what do you need to see different from you guys tomorrow night? Just more of a sense of urgency, um, whether it's with our transition defense or – our rebounding or, or just our execution down the stretch. I think you'll just see a lot more sense of urgency, um, whether we have the ball, whether we're guarding the ball, whether we're trying to get a rebound. Um, I think it would just be a lot more focus and attention to detail out there. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate the time. Thank you. All right, big thanks to Justice Winslow for a few minutes this afternoon as the Blazers get ready to take on the Thunder. That game will tip off at 5 o'clock Pacific time on Wednesday night. Michael Holton and I will have the call for you. Mike Lynch will have a pregame coming up at 4 o'clock across the Trailblazers radio network and on our flagship station, 620 AM, Rip City Radio in the Portland area. Thanks again so much to Justice Winslow, and thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Section 113 podcast.